been a busy since we last signed on. We have been proving fighting not always so much easier outside of the cage, uh, which means it's time for Verbal Tap, the show that proves we almost have no idea what we're saying tagline-wise half the time. I finished surgery. Raph, you were on the El Rey Network. I'm not saying one's better or worse in terms of what we'd rather be doing. I think they're pretty 50-50 in their accomplishments. Uh, how are you doing? Has the fame gotten to you? Kev, has the fame ever gotten to me? Yes. I mean, there was a run during the Tonight no. Show where you were throwing your coat at me when we would train. You were asking me to write things down. That doesn't sound like uh, I might have just made pre- part of it up, but <laughs> yeah, I think so. I don't. I'm not entirely sure that's true, but uh, yeah, maybe 50% is true. I will say this: it is difficult to put together a tournament. It is probably more difficult to go through surgery. So let's start with you, because we had varying degrees of being uh, conscience this weekend, right? That's fair. Yeah, me through opioids and anesthetic wear off. Mm-hmm. You through not really sleeping and just no. doing tournament stuff twenty four hours a day. No, yeah, that was that was tough. So why don't we go ahead and start by like talking about how was the process like? For those who don't know, Kevin went in for a little bit of surgery. I was given updates about him throughout. Um, I tried to inform his doctors that if they pulled the plug, I would collect the verbal tap insurance money. They assured me <laughs> that I was not somebody who could sign on for any of that stuff. They're like what plug? Is that he's. <laughs> Uh, unplug him and they're like yo dude that's not how this works and i was like the hell it isn't very concerned they told me about mm-hmm. that as soon as i talked to you i was like yeah i'll ch- i'll chat with the verbal tap lawyer we'll get mm-hmm. on this i it's like kind of the shittiest parts of call of duty you get strapped in and then from there once they start poking you it was all kind of a blur all three surgeons swung by and chatted with me i guess the two surgeons the knee guy who showed up last and was all in on doing he was like we're gonna fix this today it's like awesome he's doing the real easy part so no one's terribly worried about his his portion uh met with the anesthesiologist met with the hand surgeon dr chore who was just on the cover of 5280 magazine here in colorado as one of the top surgeons shout oh, out what is 5280 what does that mean it's a zip code this area code they, ah. uh it's just Denver, you know. Really stretched themselves on the Denver, the name yeah. of that magazine. Yeah, they 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 found one. There's not a lot of magazines thriving, if you can believe it, out here in the Denver area. But she made. We it. got one called Nine O Two One O. No big deal. Oh, and that documentary about L.A. in the nineties mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. just perfect. <laughs> so it's done. We don't know if it worked or not yet. We won't know for about two months, but we know it's done and it should help. They have pictures. Victoria saw them. And, you know, it's it's all uh, I was uh, I was cracking jokes till the end, Raph. I was a man about it. I know that for sure. I know. I thanked everyone. There's no way. Of course you did. But I know that you're doing jokes. And these poor people are just like, oh, my God, shut up. Let me do my job. (laughs) I was like, I'm not saying going to sleep is the easiest job in the room. It's not a comparison. (laughs) I really hope that you were trying your new like uh, five minutes on them, and you go, guys, I got a tight five. Don't worry. And who here thinks my favorite drinking game is driving? I just fall asleep. It's like (laughs) wasn't a great way to go out. The nurses and the doctors all look at each other and they're like, 
isn't it supposed to take like another minute? They're like, oh, I upped the dose. Yeah, we, we had to end that. Am I right? <laughs> he said by <laughs> any means necessary. Two hours, surgery done. I'll oh. keep everybody updated. Hey, if it works, I'm going to get published. If it doesn't, I'll become a cautionary tale. So feels good to be on those crossroads. Raph, USSGL on a carrier. I saw some high-level Nogi grappling. Kevin, God, fucking Kevin Crane is... Wow, that guy just looks like he escaped from prison. Was like, okay, grappling tournaments, and I obviously saw you didn't see what the big deal was. You took him right out with a, a little WWE BJJ. How was the whole experience? You know, there was some highlights here. Calling a match on the L Ray Network is pretty damn cool. You were back together again with John for some matches, and that was a blast. Talk us through it. Give us some beat by beat. Okay. Uh, anybody who's ever thrown a tournament knows it obviously doesn't happen without a ton of people. So first and foremost, thank you to all of our volunteers, our competitors, um, so many big, big people. And we had really big highs and we had some lows, but I really want to try and give you guys the all-encompassing feel of what it's like to put together a tournament because, Kev, we're also talking with somebody today who uh, themselves – are putting together a tournament, correct? Yeah, we have an awesome interview. We have Eddie Fivey, and he's going to be talking Hicks and Gracie Cup after after a word from your hosts, obviously. Yes, yes. So we'll get there. If you guys are tuning in for that, just stay calm because I want to walk you through our tournament. So the U.S. Submission Grappling League is one of those things where we have great talent. You know many of the guys. We're all active in the circuit in different ways. And... It was the culmination of like three months of work, really just putting in hours and days and everything that you can plan for with all of your heart. If you've done any production, you know, will sometimes go a little bit awry. So we'll get to that in a little bit. But let's talk about what you brought up, which first and foremost was, you know, the actual being on the L Ray network, which was awesome. Uh, I got to be the uh, announcer. Uh, you know, I got to play a little bit of a, a Bruce Buffer, if you would, to uh, the proceedings. And there's some great super fights that I cannot wait for you guys to see. Uh, they feature Marvin Castell versus, um, I believe, it was Jeffrey L. And then you have Lin Vung versus uh, Rachel Cummings. And... It was so fascinating to see how that would work. Uh, I think you guys are going to be very pleased with how it all comes out. Um, and that's just one side. On the other side, you had uh, Matthew Tesla versus Noah Tillis. And then you also had uh, Sergio Hernandez versus Ethan Krenlinston. So uh, there's a lot of stuff that I think you guys are going to see. Uh, maybe some surprises on how that all comes together. But I was very impressed with how the production uh, really translated well to jiu-jitsu. And one of our biggest goals is to you know, further the submission-only movement. It's something that's near and dear to us. So to have like people who are coming down to visit us, like Eddie Bravo was there, Jason Manley was there. Uh, we had a number of people like sending their love and, and doing it. So that's the TV side. But on our side, we also put together the Deep Waters Invitational. We had 16 athletes. Kevin mentioned Kevin Crane, who is – uh, phenomenal. He's a really good practitioner. He should show up more. I'll say that. He should be around. And uh, he holds now the record for being the only 
person I have ever commentated a match for who was gone, missing, almost didn't make it to his match. And as we were saying that on the telecast was actually talking to us in the chat on the telecast and saying, I'll be right there. <laughs> Which was an interesting uh, dynamic, but the success uh, is no, going to his head. You can already see it. Absolutely. You just, there's uh he's taping his fingers a certain way. He's not wearing he's just, a shirt. I well, the ADCC uh, style rules was uh, definitely enforced. And, I heard you, you and know, John could... talking, and I was like, oh, Raph knows. <laughs> you take that shirt off, it's a slip and slide of trying to submit or tackle oh, or anything. It's the worst in, in terms of like trying to you know, get the, the grip that you need. And I was just like, yo, dude, this is those poor kids. I mean, he's already good as is, but I don't know what that does. But obviously his MNRE roles were a problem. Uh, ended up uh, submitting all of his people in regulations, so that's always fun to watch. Um, but some other highlights included, you know, Catherine Shen winning the female division. Uh, she is awesome, and it is so great to see her doing amazing things. Um, but people, I mean, everybody impressed me, but I have to give major respect to people. Um, Nadine Madow, who came in at the last minute, gave a great match uh, in her uh, very like first appearance with us, and I was so proud. Uh, to see her do it. Uh, our friend Bree Stick had a great match, a great run. Uh, Liz Excel had a great one. Maxine Shulin um, and Catherine Shen. Just really, really cool matches. So it was great to see that. And on the other side, on the men's bracket, you know, we were proud of Joey. Joey didn't mess up a ton. And that's hard to say because he messes up a lot. Great match so, with Juan Mob. That was an absolutely. Awesome match. Juan Bernard. So fast. And uh, yeah, yeah. Slow they, the they, they had a very down solid. both of you. For the rest of us, we're trying to watch yeah. this thing. It's like, <laughs> so they had a good match. Uh, Kevin Crane again, uh, just beastly mode on so many things. Uh, yeah, our good friend uh, Kyle Bame, who is a tall beast in his own right, uh, I think he's okay. Just to let you guys know, uh, in the end, he was submitted. Um, we were a little iffy on how he was, but you know, he was able to walk right after. I checked in with him. He seems to be good. But up until then, I mean, he was he was pretty murderous himself. So uh, kudos to him. I, I think he had the submission, uh, the fastest submission of the night. Please don't quote me on that. But uh, him and then, uh, you know, like I said, you know, Keith Krikorian is amazing. So seeing all those people do what they do super well makes us so happy. And I love doing invitationals. I love getting to know the athletes. And there is a statistical probability that they're not going to all win, Kevin. I don't know if you know that. I was aware. That's kind of the – it's also why it's so fucking fun to get your good friends together that can all fight and watch them fight each other for money. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. So I – everybody won, I I'm not sure it would be as fun. Be like, yeah. I, I, I mean – A thousand percent understand what happened here. Yeah. And there's a lot of ups and downs. And then on the same side – uh, you know, the next day we had uh, a tournament, and I want to single out some people there. Um, Kendall, Kendall Rosing, uh, ended up winning the female absolute. Um, in the male absolute, we had Kyle Chambers in uh, both the, the no-gi absolutes. They won some cash money, and I was proud of them. I thought they did amazing. And um, that was amazing. I mean, we had some really cool matches. We're getting people now looking at our matches because we were out on the Broadway Pier out in San Diego. So there's a whole wrestling event. And then toward the very end, there's us doing jujitsu and everybody getting really, really excited. And 
it was just a wonderful environment. And then to see people taking our podium pictures had uh, the USS Midway in the background. So I was just proud of that. Now, Kev, I will tell you this. Somebody was watching, and I don't know if it, I think it was during the wrestling portion, so don't blame us jiu-jitsu people. But somebody was watching, and they had chairs kind of throughout uh, on that pier, and then they fell off and over the oh, God. side. They were fine. They did. They were good. But, like, somebody was just, like, in the middle of being like, whoa, that's fine. Ah, I think they fell off. So we were very, like, at some point somebody was trying to say, like, hey, did you guys <laughs> double leg uh, somebody off? And I was like, that's not funny. Everybody <laughs> shut up. Don't even think about it. Not funny. Um, no. So when we were doing the podium pictures, we had the podiums, and I saw that they were super close to the edge. And I was like, we need to pull those forward. <laughs> Because all I could think of was if first place was going out and going under, they would bring second and third place with them if they fell off that ledge. You know it, yeah. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, it's even worse in Gi because you'd literally be like, I know Kevin, if he took first place, which he wouldn't, but he would then <laughs> grab somebody's Gi and be like, whoa, you guys are coming with me second and third, my peasants. <laughs> so uh, anyway, that that's kind of uh, a little – set of the broad strokes and stripes of it all but i will say this okay so this part sucks you guys and i will be very honest because i think it's important to be honest in your growth as a company uh, as you continue to evolve but one of the hardest things we had was we had a a computer problem like a computer failure and we had worked all this time on bracketing done all of this work and then the computers just kind of completely malfunctioned on us to the point where people weren't in the right divisions. There was some chaos trying to put all people together. Sometimes even when we thought we were on, sometimes you get somebody who's like, hey, do I have a match? And I think other companies might kind of sweep that under the rug. And for us, it's important you guys know that it was tough. It was a tough thing to navigate. And I don't mean to necessarily completely, you know, completely say uh, it to a jiu-jitsu metaphor that would undercut the seriousness of it but it's like when you're under pressure in jiu-jitsu you have to stay calm you have to stay composed and you have to find your way through it and our team we did as best we could and we really we were so just touched by the amount of love from people who support us they were supporting us and they were patient and they understood and we also understand that for those who were not very happy with the way it turned out, you're more than welcome to to feel your grief and to feel how you feel. I understand that it sucks. Tournaments aren't exactly the world's most patient uh, sort of uh, settings. You know, everybody's at a heightened sense of feeling a certain way. But we we do know that we are making adjustments already. You know, we wanted Monday to be a super celebratory sleep day. And instead, it turned into a kind of sleep day, but let's get back to work sort of day. So I can tell you on behalf of the guys over at the USSGL, including myself, we've already gotten back to work. And we do sincerely apologize if you were you didn't have the tournament experience that you wanted. We understand. But there were so many of you guys who said such nice things about us that it made us know that on the areas that we could improve upon, we can but that you guys are there for us and you got our back. And that feels so awesome. So uh, I just wanted to make sure you guys could hear that because um, 
you know, it's one thing to just start the show and be like, hey, Kev, don't talk about it. <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't bring it up. I don't, I don't really want to talk about it. But it's important. And you guys, your time and your, your love of what we do is so important to us. And I think you kind of get how passionate we are. And it sucks for me. I mean, Kev knows I over plan on this show a little bit. Let's coach. A scotch. So when somebody is coming up to you and being like, you're not a good planner, you guys should have more oversight in doing this. It's like, whoa, it's like looking at them and being like, you're right. You are right. You're not wrong. Uh huh. But well, you, you can't. It's not. I mean, in this particular sense. They are not wrong in that you want to be respectful of their time. Yeah. And that sucks. It's just a matter of like, you know, I mean, I'm also passing out <laughs> going to sleep throughout the week leading into it so well not necessarily an excuse you just feel like you want to be able to run back the clock and be able to try it again but you can't so our team did work under pressure i think we did the best that we could i think there's obviously room for improvement and i, I will tell you this kev there is one thing that was really kind of nice about that process the guy who had the biggest complaint our, our very first tournament the guy who had some issue but like liked us. He still was like, yeah, you guys got something. When all of it was said and done, he wrote a very nice review and said, you guys kept your head to the ground and you did it. And we love your tournament and the style. And I know you guys can do it. And I thought to myself, well, that's pretty cool. You know, to have turned somebody who was a little disappointed in his experience, who uh, still believes in us and is still like, yo, dude, I know you guys are killing it. Um, so that makes us feel good and, uh, it's very nice. So I will tell you guys all of those things and more. Um, if you guys have great pictures or, uh, photos of, uh, you on the peer podium photos or, uh, videos of really cool shit that you did at our tournament, I highly implore you to use the hashtag at, or not hashtag, hashtag USSGL. You can also tag us at USSGL as well, but we're going to be sharing a host of those. And uh, there was a twister that got shared. Uh, Ricardo Campos hit one right in front of Eddie Bravo, a blue belt, and it got some coverage on the Jiu-Jitsu Times. And he sent me a note being like, thanks, you guys. And I was like, thanks us. You did all the work, dude. We just get to, like, take credit that but you did we it. But we will watch. Show. You're welcome. You're welcome. I exactly. feel like I've done my part. <laughs> I'm impressed. <laughs> so, so I think that's such a, a great little thing. And um you know, at the end of the the show, I will tell you guys uh, a nice little little good story to to kind of uh, I'll feel end gooder. Cap on. I feel gooder, but um, yeah, it was just. I mean, dude, you're always gonna have problems at tournaments, and yeah, you're you're always gonna experience those things. But man, was it cool to be out on a pier, doing jujitsu, seeing your friends, working with them. Uh, seeing what I think is just a great weekend of grappling. And then on top of that, filming segments that are going to be on television very soon. So, uh, and with people who are your friends too, like the people who appear on there, you're like looking over at like Marvin and Lynn and like, uh, you know, Tesla and uh, like Tesla gave me his lunch, Kevin. Tesla was like, yo, I can't finish all this. And I was like, you don't have to give that to me. And he's like, no, no, please take it. I can't eat all of it. And I was like, dude, that food he gave me was sustenance. That was life <laughs> at that time. But I, I, I was just so touched by so many of the guys who pulled it together and uh, the L Raid Network people who were so nice. And, uh, of course, 
so many of the people who have already sent in super really kind notes. But yeah, I think that'll that'll bring you up to speed on on what it's like to put together a tournament and not sleep and get there and do it. It's amazing and then crazy and then also stressful. And then the next day, you're just kind of like, I told people, I was like, I didn't really drink it all this weekend, but I felt hung over the next day. There's such a thing as tournament hosting where you want to call in sick and just be like, I can't move my body. I'm I'm dying. I'm dying. It's over I'm for dying. me. We'll talk later, guys. It's all over. Uh, I I like the exhaustion. It was a, you know obviously there were some technical difficulties with the flow, computer related in, in additions, but that's it's always hard to keep the flow going when it's uh, free and you're relying on public Wi-Fi. That's kind of what happens, or just like local well, it, it's, ship. It's Wi-Fi. more of the it's more than the tournament uh, with the the deep waters. It's the actual tournament, the open the next day. Because for us, we actually had a pretty good. All things considered, our stream was knock on wood. It was like feeling good. And Octavio Villanueva was our director, and he did a fantastic job setting it up and getting the opportunity to do commentary with John Evans. Like, I can't tell you guys how fun it is to interact with you when we do these shows. So, hearing you guys comment at us as this whole thing is going on is the funnest job in the world. Getting to talk about jujitsu is pure uh, bliss. And when you can put into context people's stories and give them the opportunity to do something cool, you, you'll you'll feel amazing. And I know other people who run tournaments feel that way too. So it's not just me. And it's not just my team. It's not just my crew. Um, it's a lot of the people who push either if it's points or sub only. They run a tournament. They know that code of I want to die. I'm so tired. But they push through and they give you guys something that's amazing. So uh, yeah, that was that was just my experience. Could be entirely different for other people. And uh, good matches at the end of it, which yeah. is nice, fun, have something else to look back at, right? Free mm-hmm. jujitsu is the best type of grappling. Watching addictions. Uh, check out more USSGL people. Uh, there's no need not to go back and watch. If you miss some of these matches we're talking about, you can still find it. So that's the uh, other nice part. It's all there on the web. Raf's beautiful lyrics alongside John's harmonious tone. That's as nice as I'm going to get for the rest of the podcast. I want to be super clear. Raf, are you ready to talk to Eddie? I mean, what else is going on? Connor's still fighting. What's his name? Floyd something. Uh, the gloves, though. That just happened. Eight ounces. So we're eight at eight-ounce gloves now. Everyone's like, what were they uh, before? I think it was ten. I mean, I'll give you a rundown of the shit I wrote this week. John Jones won't fight in New York City. <laughs> So they must have terrible cocaine. Quick, uh, hello, relax, relax there. It's a quick one. This is a jab. Uh, Apparently, Floyd Mayweather was knocked out in training. Yeah, I hate when that happens. Rumor. Rumor. Uh, Dana White released the whole sparring footage and gave us the best dance craze in the world. Yes, he did. That so wacky waving inflatable arm man. This just. I mean, listen. Uh, Conor McGregor getting in those shots and now you've got like more angles than the assassination of JFK like it's it's ridiculous so you got that going on we they just announced EBI or not EBI I'm sorry combat worlds would you like to know the participants of that Kev yes please all right combat jiu-jitsu obviously as we know on the show affectionately referred to as slap jitsu has a series of people who I think you're going to be interested to hear are participating 
let's go down the list. Uh, it's an eight-man combat jiu-jitsu worlds. It's happening on November 12th, Sunday, November 12th. Here we go. <laughs> Gary Tonin is going to be the prominent person, uh, the featured person, I guess you could call, as a 3BI champ, a.k.a. three-time EBI champ. And then joining him, Rafael Domingos, Nathan Orchard, AJ Agazarm. Damn. Diego Brandao. Cole Miller, Mac Danzig, what? and Wagner Rocha. Yep. Mac is back? Mac Holy is back. shit. Okay. That's an and, awesome lineup. And I can also tell you this right now. Uh, we have contacted Mac. He is, he is in. So you may be seeing some uh, interview or some more information regarding that. But uh, – yeah. He's he's excited, man. So I mean, like this is a great group of people. Now you have to wonder here, though, Kev, is Gary gonna get the chance to slap AJ? <laughs> is Wagner? I mean, there's a, there's a lot here, right? Uh huh. <laughs> there's uh oh fuck yeah. This is and great. you've got Gary, who's uh, said very publicly, uh, I'm I'm not gonna win in submission. All of them are getting slapped, TKO'd. Well, so... no one says it like Gary. Could be a weird thing. We'll see. And then you got Nathan Orchard, who's the homie. Rafael Dominguez, so flashy in his way of uh, competing. Uh, Diego Brandao. I mean, we can't stop talking about that. So you've got a, a number of really crazy elements to it. So again, Sunday, November 12th, Slap Jitsu Worlds. Uh, we're very excited about that. And uh, yeah, I mean, those are, I think, some of the biggest headlines you can get right now. Um so yeah, love it. Uh, we're covering covering a lot of ground so far, and we've got Eddie coming up. Stick with us. You're listening to Verbal Tap Five Stars on iTunes. Five stars. <laughs> Verbal Tap fans, um, his fingers must be tired which I swear is the most and least innuendo I'll use for introducing any guest. Tasked with reviving the Hicks and Gracie Cup, just did a really thorough job on Reddit answering some questions, but now here to talk to us live. It's going to be a lot more fun that way. Eddie Fivey, Eddie, how are you doing this evening? Is it nice to use your voice now to switch it over? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I'm very glad to be here, I, and I want to thank you guys for having me on. I appreciate it. You said you were at the academy right before this. Were you training, teaching? What were you doing right before this, jujitsu-wise? Uh, teaching some classes. I, I teach. Uh, I teach six days a week, morning and night. So it's been that way for about eleven years. So damn, uh, I'm as frequent as possible. Yeah. What were you teaching, if you don't mind me asking? I don't want to. I don't need like a Hicks and Assassin coming after. Yeah. Me. <laughs> no, today's just some beginner classes, some mixed level classes. Um, just some uh, normal Wednesday no gi stuff. I, oh no gi, Raph. No gi. Mm. All right. Mm. Well, we like Eddie. This is already turning <laughs> out great. Uh, this tournament seems like it's going to have a lot to offer in terms of the Hicks and Gracie Cup. I saw a self defense tournament, which intrigues me quite a bit. It looks like there's going to be some mm -hmm. seminars, some, and you've already said some pride style fights, which makes fighting fans <laughs> everywhere yeah. kind of get tingly. <laughs> um, not well, not exactly, but uh, that would be nice. I'd like to have those. 
I don't know if we'll get to it this time around. And this has been a, a fun job in terms of you're getting to work closely at uh, building what's a pretty centered brand around Hickson. Have you two talked to Breathing? Because he taught Raph the secrets in just a short <laughs> interview. Yeah, that's he has a way of doing that. Um, I've been yeah, I've been fortunate enough to see him, you know, in person and and go through it uh, in a private lesson. We talked briefly on it. We didn't really go into it too much, but uh, I have the the basic concepts of it. But obviously, nowhere near you know the level of expertise he has now. I mean, obviously, Raph learning on the phone, he probably knows more than I do. So, <laughs> well, when it happened, I actually did it in person, and. There was a thing, the way it goes, the story goes, guys, is very simple. I was in the middle of asking him, like, how does it feel to be synonymous with breathing and, like, yoga as, like, one of the first people to do that in jiu-jitsu? And he looked at me and he's like, you breathe? And I was like, uh, yeah, but, dude, I do the Walmart version of whatever you're doing. Like, <laughs> oh, no, I, I don't – please don't associate me with what you're doing. And he was just like, okay, cool. Come back another time and we'll do a private. And I was like – that's really nice of you, but you don't have to do that. And then at the very end of our our interviews, he just pulls me aside and he goes, Raph, Raph, come here. And I was like, oh, well, this is where I go to die. Yeah. Okay, it's been a fun time, everybody. Hickson is going to kill me now. And instead, he literally just – he she showed me uh, just a very quick primer on how to start breathing, and it was very helpful. Um, but he's very meticulous about that sort of thing. So it makes me wonder – how is it working with him on the business side? Because if he's meticulous about his jujitsu, I can only imagine he'd be fairly meticulous about what it is he wants to convey for a tournament that's going to bear his name on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, he is, uh, working with Hickson is incredible. Uh, once he, once he see, once he trusts you, once he kind of understands what you're all about, it's, he has a very, uh, good way of, of aligning himself with people who, kind of see things similar to him. So I have a lot of the same views and that's one of the reasons why I started, uh, getting involved with him. Um, just some of the same ideas. And, uh, so we work together well. So he, he trusts me with pretty much, you know, whatever I want to do in regards to promoting the event or going through with it. And he trusts me to follow through with his vision. Um, but he's more, he's, he's more big picture, big picture stuff as mm -hmm. far as like, the overall perception of what he wants. Uh, and as far as the details, that's, that's generally what I'm working on. So sweet now. Okay. So this is going to be confusing to a lot of people because it's not quite your traditional jiu-jitsu setup. So we're going to need you to help us out. Sure. To kind of explain exactly how it goes. So we'll start at the very beginning. How did you end up getting associated with the, uh, JJGF? That's, that's a pretty long story actually. Um, well, you know, we're not going yeah. anywhere. And yeah. We will hold you hostage until you tell it. So You've there you taken go. Taking over something that's near and dear to our heart, which is grappling yeah. tournaments. So well, we have uh, yeah. a lot to get to. It's a fascinating <laughs> story, actually. It's more along the lines of how I got associated with Hickson. So I'm from upstate New York. Um, I'm a black belt to Ricardo Almeida. Uh, and uh, nice. I've trained with Ricardo forever. And I you know, had a lot of pro fights and jiu-jitsu experience. And what happened was in 2010, I went to a Hickson seminar down in Virginia. I was um, I was going to the Ultimate Fighter tryouts the day before and the Hickson seminar at the same time, so I just passed through and stopped in. And uh, the seminar, I, I was a big Hickson fan, but, uh, you know, and I, I had trained with a lot of good people. And one of the first things that happened at the seminar was 
Hickson came over and picked apart my hip escape, my shrimp. Hmm. He came over and like ripped it to shreds and I was already a black belt. And uh, I was like, man, if this guy can tear apart something as easy as this, <laughs> what else does he know? And uh, so I was paying attention for the rest of the seminar. And I realized at the seminar that that he has a perception of jujitsu and he sees it in a way that I've never really seen it presented before ever. Um, and then also on the other side of things, the way he uh, prefers jujitsu is kind of what I was working out in my head. You know, he prefers it to kind of be one thing and not no gi, not gi, not self-defense, not MMA, but jujitsu, which is a total encompassing thing. So it's for self-defense, it's for sport, it's everything. And uh, I always viewed it the same way. Um, so after that, I decided that I wanted to learn more from Hickson. So I spent probably about four years doing everything in my power to learn as much as I could from his his side of things, basically, and to try to connect with him. Long story short, when I took over my school here, 2015, I wanted to have him here for a seminar, and uh, I didn't have any way of contacting him. So a friend of a friend of a friend over a couple weeks got me in touch with his daughter. His daughter, finally, after a couple weeks, got me his email. He gave me his email. Uh, I, we exchanged emails. He basically told me that he wasn't doing seminars. He was going to do the JJGF. And uh, so I just decided that I was going to basically uh, stalk him and pester him until, uh, you know, I gave him an idea that he liked. And Always a good choice with a legend, by the yeah, way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, to say I, I don't come from an area where I was connected to him in any way, shape, or form. So I was just very persistent, and I tried to, you know, pitch a hit, pitch it to him a, a couple different times. And finally, finally he called me one day. I think he got sick of me. And he said, you know, if you're ever out in California – stop in. And I said, this is a Friday. And I said, all right, well, I'll be there Monday. So, you know, we laughed about it and uh, I flew out Monday and connected with him. And, and that year I went out probably 10 more times and uh, I just kept up that rhythm. And then finally he agreed to do a seminar. He came out here. We put on the biggest seminar in U.S. history. We had uh, 320 people from 20 states, four countries. And um, when he decided a year ago that he wanted to kind of jumpstart this tournament again he called me up and asked me if i was ever interested in doing something like this and of course i said yes and here we are today okay that does get us to the idea that you and him share a certain sense of philosophy and that's huge for him mm. uh important question here how many time has he said the word get back to what was it he kept saying to me when we were doing the interview, like the essence, the essential, or he kept getting back to the essence of jujitsu is what it, what is so important to him. And yeah. it seems that for him, he recognizes that his role is changed from, you know, being this fighter and, and being this coach to being this ambassador of the sport. So mm -hmm. now that's moved from like, you know, all of the things that we find to be problematic with certain rule sets and now trying to create this new sort of tournament, correct? Essentially, yeah. With the and the main thing with the the JJGF and the tournament, they're separate entities, obviously, but correct. The whole the whole idea is to one, bring jujitsu kind of back to its roots. Not to say that the evolution hasn't been good, but just to make sure that certain things stick around that we don't stray too far from the what the whole art was based upon originally because it can start to become diminished and watered down so one is to bring it back to the roots and the core 
And the other piece of it uh, isn't to build a, a tournament that's trying to compete with all the other tournaments. We're trying to build a tournament that works with other tournaments and that is part of the unification of the art, which is really what's going to take it to the next level, is if the art can become unified as hopefully one thing eventually and organized and, and people can start working together. And that's going to allow uh, the rules to be fixed. It's going to allow uh, the belt structure, the belt system to be fixed. It's going to allow for better education and academies. So really his mission as an ambassador of the art is to make sure that the the essence, as you said, the philosophies and the meaning of jiu-jitsu isn't being lost and also to help unify and bring people together. So, we're, you know, we look at this tournament like a celebration of jiu-jitsu. It's like a gathering of jiu-jitsu. Um, and the tournament is one part of that. But, you know, outside of that, we're trying to have every part of the jiu-jitsu lifestyle at this event. Which is we've been to events that have encompassed that before and it's things you remember and jujitsu's still trying to find the ones that work for them. We're, we're still, you know, emerging at our, our ability to get together and get someplace. But I do like yeah. the idea of breaking it up with some, with something like a seminar in between. And we saw that at the jujitsu expo, you see it really successfully done at worlds. So when you've mm-hmm. also got double loss eliminations, which I saw as a part of this, yeah. Uh, you've got to focus on sub only. So it's it's a pretty cool mixture. And can I do a quick shout well, out to your uh, ambassadorship? Yeah, oh, go oh, ahead. Uh, sorry. Say, so we don't have sub only. Uh, it's We have double elimination, but we have uh, the regular point tournament, but we don't have advantage points. Oh, give me. The, okay. So I, I might have misread. I was reading a lot about it. It's okay. This, I, I think this is a good opportunity to get some clarification. So walk us through how this tournament runs, because as we mentioned before, it's not like you go there and it's going to be like, okay, and come mosh, you know, you got your gi or no gi and you're doing that. Like, how does it work? What is the vibe? What is the feel? Because I think that's something that our listeners or people listening to this right now, this is new and it may be new to them in many respects. So I think it might be good to kind of get that, that base level first. Sure. So we have a two day tournament. Saturday's kids, Sundays are adult. Um, and then on Saturday night, after the kids' tournament, we have a, a huge Hickson seminar uh, with a, a new format that he hasn't really done before. So that's basically the structure of the tournament schedule. Kids on Saturday, adults on Sunday. As far as the tournament goes, the tournament's double elimination, gi and no gi divisions. Uh, we also have, you know, we have a, basically your standard point system, but we're not including advantage points. So there won't be any advantage points in the matches. And we've also added some some strict stalling penalties in there to make sure that the action is forced. Um, Can we stick on that for a second? Because sure. I know how important that is to him. So <laughs> I like there were several times when he was joking with me. And when Hickson starts to do jokes with me, I'm like, whoa, buddy, <laughs> that's my world. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. that's how important it is to him because – I think he's become so frustrated with it. And and there are a lot of people who become frustrated with this idea of your stalling and your advantages. And, you know, do you penalize if there's a guard pull and, and Raph, all of these things that people uh, seem to do as someone that gets gassed and needs to stall frequently in competition sure. and everyday rolling. I just want to speak yeah. for the other side too. Uh, could you tell us how we will be penalized when we're just trying to breathe? 
Well, maybe maybe after this we can do a like a stalling only tournament. Oh, you have to understand if you're doing that, you have to be in association with us because Kevin and I have definitely we have coined uh, a stalling only, and Mm -hmm. we've uh, considered what was it? One day I think we said uh, no subs tournament. (laughs) No subs. Points only. No subs. Like yeah, only advantages. Absolutely, one hundred (laughs) percent advantages tournament. I really I go sometimes at my gym. I go for weeks sometimes where I start every match. I basically like just flop to the ground, basically, <laughs> it, like totally unaffected, ineffective. But uh, you and I have something in I common. Think, then you're just a black belt. Yeah, I just well, yeah, I yeah, and you're I, doing I, it purposely. Exactly. And on, can I do a quick shout out to history real quick here, Raf? Sure. Yeah. Um, I believe on September 12th of 2008. Please help me out here, Eddie. You won via submission arm triangle choke at Ring of Combat over Adolfo Sanchez? Yes. That's the choke of the podcast, Raph. Oh, the arm triangle. That's our favorite, it's, especially yeah, when used in one MMA. One of my favorites, too. So, yeah, that was, one, that was a good fight, too. I actually, a uh, quick funny story about that. I, I, I caught the guy in an arm triangle. Actually, it's not really a funny story, but I caught the guy <laughs> in an arm triangle. Yeah, no, I, I just I made an adjustment during the match, and... Uh, I was in the back with Matt Sarah. Matt Sarah was in the corner. And we're in the back, like talking about the arm triangle, and and I, I kind of I was I became enlightened on the move, like after the fight, I did something by accident, tightened it up really sharply. So, but yeah, it's not really a good story, I guess. But um, yeah, arm triangle, two thousand was a long time ago. Feels like yesterday. Just add Matt Sarah was eating pizza, and it becomes a funny story immediately. People are like, oh, okay, weird. Um, but that's fantastic. Um, I'm going to be cutting back to the fight record here periodically, Raph. There's a lot to work with. Please do. We can always come back to that. I think that's fascinating. Okay, so you you were talking again before we interrupted you uh, about what it is for you because you're saying that you know you do train like that, and that's a good way to to vary the training. Um, but there is this very real criticism of what works, sure. what works in a rule set and what works in contexts. It seems like that's what people are always trying to create. Like every time I see somebody bring up a, a, a rule set, it seems they have like an exact scenario of how they see it going. Mm-hmm. And that's to my knowledge, that's not exactly how jujitsu works. It's not like I get to go in there and be like, excuse me, uh, opponent or right. attacker. Uh, would you please start not standing? I only go knees first. That'd mm-hmm. really be helpful. So high up there. The yeah. Well, I mean, it's the the thing with stalling is I believe I've come to believe even more recently so that you can never fix stalling in sport mm-hmm. jiu-jitsu. You can't because yeah. the only way you're going to fix stalling number one is if you add strikes, and that's out of the question. And the second way they can fix stalling, which is really what we're working on. There's no penalty that's going to do it. Uh, And if anything, you could add the most strict penalties in the world. People will figure out how to play around them Mm -hmm. or people will just get pissed off and not go to your tournament, you know, because they don't want to deal with that type of uh, hostility. So the only way you can change stalling, number one, add punches. You can't do that. Number two, and this is what we're trying to do, change, not change, try to uh, get people to have a similar belief system of jujitsu to us. And what I mean by that is, for instance, when I competed, when I would compete, my belief was that I'm going to go out there, I'm going to take the person down, pass their guard, and submit them. That's what I'm going to do. Or I'm going to go out there, I'm going to pull guard, 
submit or sweep the person and finish the match. So I believed in a form of jiu-jitsu that was working towards the finish, working towards control and then into the finish. Um, and a lot of times now what's happened is there's so much importance on the tournament. The tournament is, you know, winning a medal and, and becoming a, a champion is almost more important than how good you are at the art or your mastery of the art. So uh, I think it's very easy for guys to to lean towards stalling because the you know having the medal means a lot more than actually having a, a victory that was within the essence of jujitsu as Hickson talks about. That's a tough thing to change. But you know that's what we're trying to do is is really bring the education aspect and try to just give people some perspective on on how to view the art and hopefully they hopefully they follow along with it. And if they do, it's gonna make for a more exciting exciting tournament, exciting sport. And uh, we'll actually it'll it'll become more realistic for maybe jujitsu guys that want to go into MMA, which is becoming uh, less and less nowadays. Yeah. Now, I, I noticed this is interesting because, okay, just to give people an idea of where they can go to start educating themselves, it is hicksandgraciecup.com yes. is the place for the tournament website. So from that, we do have questions. It's happening September uh, 9th and 10th, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So, so that's happening in Albany, New York. Um, why Albany, New York? Well, I'm from, so I'm, I'm from this area. I'm from this region. Uh, I was born in a ghetto and just South Albany. And, uh, I have my academy in the Saratoga Springs region of New York, Malta. Um, and when Hickson called me to do the, you know, to start this tournament and get this going, I initially, I was thinking New York city, you know, that would be the kind of the go-to on the East coast and especially in the Northeast. But for me, uh, I really, really am, am dedicated to enhancing the jiu-jitsu community, specifically in the area I am, building it. And because it's done so much for me, I know what it can do for other people. And I want the best way I can do that, I know, is locally because I can have my hand directly in the in the mix and, and directly influence people and help them. So I really, you know, I, I knew that Albany would be a good place uh, on the Northeast. You know, people, it's fairly centralized. It's not as good as New York City. But um, it was really important to me that I bring it here and I give people in this area an opportunity to showcase their talent. And I think that will also lead to possibly, you know, helping to uh, ignite kind of a hotbed in this area. If I can if I can bring more events, like if I can bring Hicks in here, if I could bring other people here for seminars – and bring big tournaments here, well, now this has become a place to be. So, and, and that's very important to me because it's going to grow every academy in the area, and it's going to grow the, the level of, of skill and everything along that, that goes along with that. Okay. Now, <clears throat> so that's like because I, I want to be very clear on how this works because it seems like it's a multi-tiered event, right? Yeah. Okay. So then you've got the jiu-jitsu tournament, which is pretty normal, right? Yeah. Okay. Then you have the seminar, which, by the way, optional Hicks and Gracie seminar is the that. worst <laughs> phrasing I've ever heard in my entire life. Get yeah. optional out of there. Mandatory. Like, just say, just like, be we'll be offering one. Because when you say it's an optional one, it makes me think, like, who said optional? Where is uh, it? Well, <laughs> my friend, I believe on here it would be you. Me. Well, it is on your AMA. I, I can. I think somebody was typing with my fingers. <laughs> well, 
I don't mean to put you on blast, but it says yeah. optional Hicks and Gracie seminar, and it's well, in the little bullet form. Let's just all take it. Was a eight hours ago. It. <laughs> so it, we're well, all good yeah. now. But when I read optional, I just go like, "There should never be an optional stated to a Hicks and Gracie." You mean the Hicks and Gracie? I'm going to seminar. Um, yeah. <laughs> so according, you guys are keeping that at fifty dollars to keep it, so that people can kind of get an idea of what the rule set is uh, for this next part, which is the self defense tournament. Now I have many questions here and I'm very confused on many of the things sure. because that's going to be a very, very big, uh, adjustment. I think for people who have never seen that sort of thing, especially in a jujitsu context. So do you mind kind of walking us through what that is? Sure. So for this event, we were planning on doing, uh, the first self-defense tournament. Um, and the problems we ran into, like you're saying, was a confusion because no one's ever seen it before. So we had two choices. Either we spend a lot of time uh, making videos and educating people leading up to it, or we have a big demonstration at the event where we showcase what the tournament is going to be and what it should look like. So we're essentially going to have, we're going to stop the tournament on Sunday for about 15 minutes, and uh, we're going to have three black belts come out, do kind of like that, so it's like a Hicks and Hoyler Pride type demo. If you remember when they did that demo at Pride, um, where they showcase self-defense techniques, and then mm -hmm. we're going to have people come out and do a mock like a mock tournament. So what the tournament will look like at future tournaments. That way, people can get a visual, they can see what it is, and it'll make more sense to everybody. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And I have I have attended uh, the Jiu-Jitsu Global Federation had mm -hmm. a award show out this way. Okay, I was there too. Yeah. Excellent. And it's going to be similar to what Javi was doing, correct? Pretty much exactly like that, how Javi was in the middle and he had two assistants that would, you know, run at him and he'd do a couple techniques and another guy runs at him. And uh, so basically how the tournament will work in the future is there's a 30 second round, 30 to 45 seconds. This is badass, the, the, by the way. I like this a lot. Sorry. I, I like it too on many levels. And yeah, I'm just looking at a thing on Reddit. Someone just put, this is, a Reddit is amazing. Someone just put, drop the self-defense stuff. Drop the self-defense <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, we know that guy. He uh, told us to drop the impressions. We're like, got it. Thanks. Yeah. So well, obviously, helpful. you know, that guy seems like he is a good, he must, he's a good critic. You know, he probably drop does a lot. self-defense stuff is Jesus. awesome. <laughs> drop the self-defense kind of stuff. It's like, you know. no. Anyway. Well, no, we won't. Um, yeah. So the thing is, like, so a 30 to 45 second thing where the competitor plans their demonstration and they come out with their teammates, you know, two teammates, three teammates, and they perform similar to what Javier did at the JJGF Founders Award. And then what you're going to have is a referee in the middle and you have three, three to four judges that will uh, give them a score on a, a 10 scale, kind of like gymnastics or something like that. Now, where this becomes important is if you think about the jiu-jitsu population, you could think about wherever you guys train, every school is different. I would say there's 1% to 2% of the jiu-jitsu world that actually competes. And I think that's a real stat. Um, I don't, I mean, I, I I don't know how many, where you, where you guys, what school, academy are you guys at? Raf, you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. I'm out in uh, North Hollywood in Los Angeles, and uh, I train at a Jean-Jacques uh, affiliation. Okay. So how many percentage-wise, what do you think as far as competitors, people in your academy that compete? I would say probably less than 10. Less yeah. than 
less than 10 people or 10%? I would say less than 10%. Okay. Uh, I think it's somewhere maybe between 5 to 10 is like uh, a normal thing. But yeah, I, I could totally see what you said about that 2%. Because right. if you open that up to maybe uh, kids might be a little bit more competitive because they're younger. But I know the adults at our place, it's not as uh, big of a competition school. Yeah, and I can – I mean I've been to – I mean – you know, countless schools, I, even some of the best competition schools, you look around the room and you know, there's five guys that are going to a tournament and a room of 50 people training maybe. Um, so right there, what you have is you have a limited amount of people that actually compete in the sport. So then you're going to, you're going to have this big broad spectrum of people that prefer self-defense or that would like nothing more than to compete, but they can't afford the risk of, you know, getting hurt in a sport tournament. And of course you can get hurt doing anything, but there is a difference. I can between, prove that for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's like, there's a, so if I have, you know, a guy that takes private lessons from me and is, he's a surgeon and he works very, very delicately with his hands. Oh yeah. And he's a big sports guy and he would love to compete. He competed his whole life in sports, but you're talking about if he gets hurt, his career is destroyed. It's not cool. Yeah. So he, and he would love nothing more than to compete. So, what we're doing is we're, we're creating a platform for people that prefer self-defense. We're uh, creating a platform for people that maybe they, they would love to compete, but they can't afford the risk of the sport, or they just prefer not to be in the sport. And we're also com creating a platform for people that um, might have uh, difficulty competing in a sport. For instance, I have one, of our, uh, one of the guys involved in the demonstration is a Hoist Gracie Purple Belt, North Carolina. His name is Brian Freeman. Really incredible guy, I don't know if you mm -hmm. know. Uh, disabled, uh, disabled Navy vet, and uh, he has some uh, paralysis, and he's going to come out and be a part of the self defense demonstration. And you know, it's like obviously that's not the whole population that will do the self defense tournament, but there's a point there that we're creating something for people that maybe they don't fit into the sport or they don't want to, you know, so. Here's another option. And it's not a kata. You know, it's not this like this guy in red. It's not hmm. a karate, taekwondo kata, you know, where they're, we're jumping at the air and stuff. You know, you're going to get graded based off of precision, the amount of techniques you hit, fluidity, body mechanics. It's not easy. Yeah. <laughs> it's not easy when your partners are running at you in rapid succession, even if it's choreographed, for you to perfect hip throw, perfect armbar, perfect rear choke defense. Per I mean, you know, you got to be, you have a lot of awareness. This um, also demonstrates probably limited understanding of maybe what it means for self-defense. Because if someone attacks you high versus low and if they put their hips over yours yeah. versus if they don't, right? Those are the decisions that people are going to have to make in a split second that most people have no idea about. Sure. And that, you know, that's, and that when we talk about self-defense, then one of the biggest problems with self-defense is the, the elementary view that people have on self-defense where they just, they picture self-defense as a series of moves and they dismiss it when really it's more of a mindset. It's more of a, a way to look at the art. It's more a way to uh, perceive the reality of the art. Uh, in a sense, it makes the art stronger when you look at it first from that mindset. But, uh, you know, so for the people that look at it in the form of a kata, I think they're completely misguided because this is, this is something that is being opened up in the future for someone that just wants to showcase their jujitsu in a different way. Um, uh, to I think it, it's a really positive thing. 
to give it like sort of a, a different comparison, it, even in Rav and I certainly are not necessarily like we have mixed feelings about the slap jitsu movement, the slap yeah. based yeah, yeah. tournaments. But this is that yeah. in a different way, uh, getting to see something we don't normally see, which is perfect when you already are giving people what they're used to, which is a grappling tournament. Right. Sure. A high level of jujitsu display. And then screw everyone. I've been to these tournaments and let's just from a pure God, it gets boring. If we can just talk about watching oh. like the course of a day of grappling, I, I don't care how good the grappling is. By the end of yeah. it, you're like, all right, it would be nice to look at something different. Halftime yeah. is important yeah. to make these more <laughs> spectacle friendly. I love jujitsu more than anybody. And I, yeah, I mean, I struggle going to these tournaments. <laughs> it's you know, a lot because, of jits. Yeah, and it's just it's it can get very monotonous. It's the same thing over and over. It's a tough thing. Um, so that and that's why I really wanted to create more of a jujitsu experience across the board. So when you walk in, you see the sport, you see vendors, you see you know, and the vendors are associated to the jujitsu lifestyle. So acai? You know, did you say acai? Yeah. Did I hear acai? Well, there's no acai, unfortunately. This okay. is going to be acai. Yeah, it's acai free. And, um, <laughs> I'm just, I have to ask because otherwise yeah. we got to get that out. It's actually a legal contract that we have in most uh, situations. So we just want to make sure we're clear on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't doubt it. Uh, you know, but unfortunately, we don't have any acai at this event. But uh, that could change. That could definitely change. We'll You're going to say that. There's going to be like four. You're like, where did they come from? Did someone call yeah, them? Probably, yeah. <laughs> You're probably canceling right now. Hey, but, you know what? And the, the, you should probably also know this. When they have out here, I don't know if you come for Worlds or Pans, yeah. out at the Long Beach uh, area, they do have a problem in that they would have what was called to affectionately as acai jail. And you couldn't leave there. You couldn't take your acai with you to your seats. You had to stay in a little small confined area and they had security guards who would like tell you like whoa where do you think you're going and it's like do you know the world champions you're talking to (laughs) whose names rhyme with uchecha uh (laughs) like no bro like don't do that i wouldn't do that and i will say this on record as someone as a, a an actual eyewitness to it one of the only people i have ever seen have an acai bowl outside of that acai jail was hicks and gracie yeah. There you go. That's so there's is. that. I'm just saying you might have people who show up at your tournament who just are like there. And Hickson himself might be like, oh, yeah, I got one. You didn't get one? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what makes Hickson Hickson. You know, I mean, who else can do that? You should just tell people, be like, I triangle choked like 18 people from 2006 to 2009. Uh, in yeah. The MMA from Ring of Combat to Battle of the Beach, bitches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe they'll bring you one. I, I don't know. Uh, so. Well, let me let me see this, though, uh, Eddie, because I'm looking at this right here and you seem to break this up into three levels, right? You know, mm-hmm. level one is your basic demo, uh, unresisting uke. Level two, combinations of techniques, standing and ground. Level three is more resistance and deeper transitions and weapons. Uh, mm-hmm. Is that similar, right? Is that all about what it is that you're looking at? Yeah, so eventually the goal to, will be to have all, all three levels of the self-defense tournament. Um, whereas, you know, in all three levels, we're, we're not, we're also not distinguishing belt categories, um, because we believe that, you know, self-defense is something it's within jujitsu. It's the same as jujitsu, but, um, we're not putting belt levels on it. Now the level three, that might be more geared towards black belts and brown belts because level three self-defense, you know, we're talking about maybe, uh, like minor fight simulations where there's more, you know, maybe there's six movements. Maybe there's a weapon involved. 
you know, we're, we're going a little deeper. There's a uh, pass in the guard going to the mount into an arm bar where it's, it's a hybrid blend of everything. Um, and whereas level one will be similar to what you saw Javier Vasquez do where it's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, a quick headlock escape, boom, uh, guillotine escape, you know, and maybe one ground technique if you could flow into it quicker, like a hip throw arm bar. Um, so that's kind of how we're breaking it up. And that's the eventual goal. Now, perfect world, you know, we have Valley Tudo fights. <laughs> That'd be like the most ideal self-defense, right? We bring people mm-hmm. off the street and we have just Valley Tudo fights, but we can't do that. And we have to balance it. So that's why we're, we're trying to make it to where, yeah, we want to add more resistance. We don't necessarily, you know, want to have it choreographed, but sure. Can sense, I, too. can I pitch the fourth level? Sure. Okay. Now I hope you're writing this down because goal off the top of the head. Okay. But, Fourth level, level four, from verbal tap, your friends here, mm-hmm. should be the minute you walk into the venue, you can be attacked at will. I like it. I'm talking like Pink Panther, a.k.a. Inspector Clouseau, and Kato, mm-hmm. and getting attacked the minute you walk in. By a trained person or untrained? You know what? I leave that to you. Okay. You're the, so you're the tournament it. runner here, sir. Well, listen, here's the thing. We're doing a self-defense demo at this tournament. If you guys come, we can add level four to it. And uh, Wait, hold on. No, no. I'm not doing this with a black belt. No, 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 no. Can we add belt. a level five verbal no, no, roasting? No, no, no. I'm saying I, listen, I am very good at what I do. I am good at giving the suggestions to you, sir. The last thing <laughs> I need is for a black belt to be like, Raph, why don't you come? Yeah, walk in. Let's see what happens. I'm like, I'm familiar with your work, sir. Yeah, I'm not going to be attacking anybody. I could find some guy. Listen, Albany's got plenty of people that <laughs> will come right in off the street and go right into your level four, you know, self-defense. <laughs> well, Eddie, I mean, the nice I don't think this- you started low enough. I think level one should be screaming from the fetal position just to see how people's level out. But you obviously know more than more than I do. Well, Eddie, I mean, the the real big thing I think that seems to get over, and you've alluded to this before, which is. There is a certain number of people who maybe self-defense isn't like part of the reason they did jujitsu, mm-hmm. or it's not part of their actual like element into it. And I know it's part of a perspective shift, but why do you think it is so important for people? Because like I said, I know it's important to Hickson. Obviously, you care deeply about it, but but why? And, and more importantly, why have a tournament to uh, kind of showcase that? The thing is this, like if you if you've never looked at jujitsu through the eyes of self-defense, which is not a series of techniques, that's a part of it. That's a small piece of it. When you look through the eyes of jujitsu with a self-defense mindset, it is the only way to see jujitsu in the strongest, most aggressive reality. For instance, if I if you if you're gonna if you're thinking about a mount escape, and first you go, okay. Can I be punched? And if the answer is yes, well, then you need to fix that. So immediately what you've done just by adding reality to your jujitsu is you made a stronger, faster, and more precise position or escape or control, whatever. So self-defense is really, it's the only truth in jujitsu. It's the highest level of reality. And if you never have gone that deep into the technique, it's almost like you've done, you've done a disservice to your own training. Because you've never allowed yourself to look at it from the scariest perspective. Um, 
And that's really what is means a lot to me. And what I realize is that I, I over the years, I, you know, I fought MMA a lot and I grew up in a bad neighborhood. So it was natural for me. I also saw UFC when Hoist Gracie was fighting. So back then when you saw that, that was the reality of jujitsu, that you started it for that reason. You didn't start it because it was fun. You didn't start it because it was just a little piece of the UFC or because you listened to the Joe Rogan podcast or Verbal Tap podcast, but you you started it because you saw this reality and you said, wow, I have to be a part of that. So really for me, it's getting people to understand that, hey, there's there's a reality of the art that is so strong and that if you if you just if you filter your jujitsu through that, everything else is going to to flourish. Your your sport will be better because you're going to look more into your positions, more into the strength and the effectiveness. So um, that's why it's important to me. And you know, similar, obviously the same to Hickson. It's really just don't don't neglect it. You know, even if you don't care about it, if you live in a nice neighborhood or you're never going to fight or you don't get in fights, who gets in? I mean, there's. I, I, I don't know. I don't remember a person that came to my academy and got into a fight recently. You know, it's so rare. It's not the point. The point is the reality of how you look into the technique. It's stronger if you start with self-defense first. Most people don't attack people that train jiu-jitsu, I would imagine, too. We carry a confidence. And <laughs> yeah, I definitely. would also argue anyone who ever has trained or ever thought, could I beat that person up, whether they be a crazy person on your commuter train or just a loud person at a bar, then you're thinking about self-defense. That's, that sure. is what you're thinking about immediately. Yeah, so, Plus, I just I, want to see people run at opponents. I think that would be an awesome aspect of all of jiu-jitsu. If Lovato's like trying to fight someone, all of a sudden another opponent runs in, tags. It's like, whoa, what the <laughs> fuck? I had that guy in side yeah. control. Who is this? There's, so, there's level five. That's level five. Level <laughs> five is... Tag team. Yeah, we've um, yeah. Uh, we've been working on tag team jujitsu matches and MMA matches for a while. So we'll, we'll talk. Sense. Well, you guys, I want to talk scheduling because you know we've had you. Uh, I, we really appreciate you answering the questions, sure. sort of diving into this stuff too. But you guys are going on a tear of events too. You're trying to do them, uh, not trying. You're scheduled to do them at a pretty serious clip, which is six events in 2018. That's what I'm seeing. Yeah, next year the the plan is to do to hit the major sections of the globe: California, Brazil, Japan. Australia, Europe, um, East Coast, obviously, and uh, so we're we're looking to Brazil uh, branch out and, and hit different parts of the globe, and you know what seems to be a bi-monthly basis. Interesting. This is so effing cool in terms of yeah. jet setting and, and grappling. How does that schedule? Yeah. Is that sort of a terror to put together in terms, or is it easier once you've got the format and the momentum, and then it's just applying it to the different city? Well, as far as that's concerned. Um, I'm, I'm focused. My, my concern is the East Coast tournament. Gotcha. Uh, Hickson has an incredible guy, Alexandre Panane, who's the, the new CEO of the JJGF and who's also uh, heading up the brand of Hickson Gracie Cup and the, the company of you know that side of the Hickson Gracie Cup. So he's the one that's trying to organize the, the whole big picture. And what they're doing is they're, they're connecting with promoters in those different areas of the globe to put on the Hickson Gracie Cup. And that's really the big thing. And that's why, you know, this tournament's not trying to compete with any other tournament. We're trying to put on amazing events that are memorable and monumental, but that also work with the entire community. Because that's really the focus is unification and education. It's it's not to jump in and kick down the doors and, and take over. It's to 
it's to bring things together. You know, as the art separates more and is more divided, we're looking to connect more with people and, and hopefully uh, create some positive effects. And grappling's got a new attitude, too, in terms of if people enjoy the Hicks and Gracie Cup, you, that's how they sign up for the next tournament. So it's become sure. a world where I think it, at once it kind of had more of a turf mentality, and now I, I think the market's getting so big that it's mm-hmm. interesting to see different events thrive and different events all survive in, in a new and fun way. And I think there's tournaments, right? People want to compete. People want chances and other people want to get more indoctrinated to it and closer to it. So whatever you can do to give that kind of promotes the whole ecosystem approach. And Eddie, I want to get some clarification here. Cause I have a question just for specifics. Um, you know, you say in terms of the demos on your AMA, you were saying, you know, you want competitors in future self-defense tournaments to have some freedom with their demo, as long as it stays within the technical confines of Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. Um, so first, kind of like, how would you define that? And then second, this is the follow-up question, this is the more important question. You said no flying kicks or pro wrestling techniques. <laughs> Now, I have a problem with Was that a direct that. shot at us? Because that would 100% be my demo. I have tried and been pushing this whole WWE BJJ movement, and to have yeah. it stalled here, I just I feel a little offended. I'm not stalled. You can do that. You do whatever you want. Remember, you can come in <laughs> and you can compete, and you get a 0 to 10 scale. So now, listen, you might get zeros across the board, but nobody stopped. <laughs> <laughs> but he won the audience. It was a real I'm, spectacle. I'm I am all for it. I hope you do this. I, I will, you know, to be honest, if you were willing to do, uh, I think it's a great idea. So, you know, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> it's not going to work out well for you. Um, <laughs> I think you might get some interesting looks from Hickson. So that well, I'm that, aware of the so, looks. I, I've, I've told jokes in front of him before. I'm just saying when yeah. that does happen yeah. and I do see something like this and I love the invitation. You're very inclusive. However, I've seen the opening weeks of American Idol before. Mm-hmm. I know what contestant row looks like when right. you bring out the people who are intentionally terrible that make for great TV. Mm-hmm. I'm aware of what, what we are proposing here. But I'd just like to say, overlooking the pro wrestling world, it's um, it's just, I don't know. I don't know that I can fully support this. I don't, I don't blame you. Listen, that's, I, I found out about the UFC in the mid-90s. Uh, in the back, in the back of an obscure pro wrestling magazine, picked up the video. <laughs> I thought I was, I thought I was renting a video, a pro wrestling video. Oh no! <laughs> it was real fighting. I said, "Hey, how about this? This is like the greatest pro wrestling I ever saw." And then that was it. So uh, I totally get the pro wrestling angle. I probably, I know more '90s wrestling trivia than anybody you've ever met in your life. That's which, not true. Well, mm-hmm. you'd be surprised. I'll, I'll mm. take anybody on. I haven't lost yet. And I don't promote that, but it's interesting. <laughs> but it's well, out now. You, you just put it out there now, and you know what? I'm going to be looking for takers on that. I'm going to make my own tournament. Well, of that. we're going to have to talk to Eddie again, if anything, yep. so we could prepare. A, I'll I'll Ross this situation if you're familiar Absolutely. with the Friends reference. Oh, sure. uh, yeah. And I'd love to facilitate a ref versus <laughs> Eddie '90s WrestleMania trivia. And <laughs> I apologize to the audience early on about that. That's fine. '94, '94 to 2000. And one is my era, but that's a good run, dude. That those yep. are some of the best years. So good on you. Sure. <laughs> Post steroids, pre Twitter. It's a really well, fantastic yeah. era in everyone's life. Did I mean, you really say 
post steroids for anything, Kevin. Well, you know, relatively, you know what I mean? Like the bubble had burst. We were well, here's sure. an important question, though, Eddie. This is a true application of true WWE BJJ skill. Have you pulled off pro wrestling moves in your rolling? Absolutely. Oh. Uh, actually, actually, I hit a figure four leg lock from the Daily Heva Guard all the time. Absolutely. Yes. That's perfect. Well have done. Seen, have you seen that, actually? Uh, I've done it. Uh, I don't know that I've necessarily seen your video. I might have. Um, I, I, haven't, I haven't put a video out, but have you done this? Oh, yeah, dude. I literally, as a white belt, like, you have to understand, I'm not good at jiu-jitsu. That's not what, what I'm right. talented okay. at. You're a blue However, belt. shut up. Thank you. We know that. Uh, but what I am quite adept at is doing what is an application of a pro wrestling move in a jiu-jitsu setting. So we do them for comedic effect, but it's always an application of like, oh, hey, we were working on this from mm-hmm. 50-50, and it can be a sharpshooter. Like, and so we come up with fun transitions at every year before WrestleMania week. We have a week-long thing where former guests of the show and friends send in videos that show their applications of the moves. And a lot of them, I send them like uh, the design of the move or I say like, hey, go from a rock bottom to an arm triangle. And everybody's like, oh, yeah, this could work. This works. And they yeah. send videos and they're hilarious. Listen, I'm all for it. You ever see Brett? Did you see Bret Hart hit the Baron Bolo? Do you ever see that video? Absolutely, I have. A great one. Yeah. Uh, hey, I'm all for it. But listen, love pro wrestling techniques in the self defense tournament. Probably not going to work out well for you. Almost. Uh, no sure. way. There's yeah. almost no way. There's we will rarely agree to disagree. A, there's Eddie. rarely rope cage side in a self defense situation. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, usually concrete and fun. Well, Eddie, you're also training, so you're sort of an insanely busy guy balancing these two currently. Um, you're throwing your passion in the ring of, of hosting what is everybody's going to be looking. And that's sort of your for better situation. You kind of walked into something where if you throw Hickson's name on it, we're watching, right? He's, yeah. he's kind of warranted that. Um, how are you still able balancing your, your training versus this? Cause you seem like someone that's sort of an intense trainer. If I could observe from your, your many arm bar finishes. Yeah, no, I, uh, it's a big struggle actually. It's a very, very, very big struggle because, uh, I'm, and that's one of the, one of the reasons I retired from fighting. It's more so the teaching side of things. One of the reasons I retired, it was different, difficult for me to balance teaching and fighting. People can do it. I can't do it. I'm kind of an all or nothing, one thing type person. So um, it's a big struggle because I I refuse to to take I, I will not allow myself to allow my school or, or what happens at my academy to be put on the back burner. So trying to balance that and balance the the uh, organized chaos of setting up this tournament is a big struggle. So that's why you know now it's 20 hours a day yeah. every day to get it done. So. Um, it's a big struggle, but hey, it's all good. Hey, I'll tell you this, Eddie. I just finished putting together a tournament out in uh, the San Diego area, and uh, those twenty-hour days are are tough. But you know this as well as just about anybody. Uh, man, the day after is the best feeling in the world. I don't know that you get better sleep than like the day after you have put together a tournament and organized it. So, sir, yeah. that that is going to be when you finish uh, putting this together, we will send you a note and be like, you good? <laughs> we'll check in on you. We, yeah. we we care about our guests. Please check in on me. Please, actually, please check in on me because <laughs> it could go one way or the other. So definitely. <laughs> well, you have a great team working with you. I know a couple folks who are going to be uh, coming out that way to go work it. 
or at least be in the vicinity to help out. Um, that's always a great thing to know and to uh, be a part of. And obviously, you're. It is something that is unique in the the world of jujitsu, and I think it's really cool that you get to be there front and center, not only witnessing it but facilitating it. Yeah, uh, I'm super excited, and that's yeah, really like what else. The, the best thing I can do for the art is to give back to my academy. That's the number one for me. And then also to create, really to create things like this to, you know, it's almost like I'm a, like I'm hosting parties. You know, it's, this is like my jujitsu party. I, you know, I create an event like this. I get everybody together. They have a great time. And uh, I think it's some, I think things like this are what starts to create a movement, you know, to, to get everybody together, a movement within my area, but a, a movement within jujitsu, you know, maybe other tournaments will start following a similar pattern of having, you know, multiple aspects, multiple things happening. I hope you so. You mean like a pro wrestling demonstration at, yeah. the, at the verbal tap cup? We'll talk. Anything mm-hmm. possible. Anything Although possible. I will say I might steal your format of doing like a one through 10 uh, sort of uh, <laughs> like, you know, I love the idea of getting a judges panel together and, uh, you know, up or downing it. I think I think we're on to something also real here. Combatives like combatives has mm-hmm. the different levels of engagement per how yeah. far you make it in the tournament. Yeah. So and combatives would be our military's form of self-defense. Yeah. Uh-huh. They realized yeah. how important it is to fight each other physically. And that's sure. a lot of reasons. Well, Hicks and Gracie Cup dot com. Um, you can also still check out the AMA Reddit that Eddie did. He did a lot of typing. So if you're like, gosh, there was some things I want to see written down, check it out. Make sure you're following this grappling community in our community, the MMA community. Everybody's fixated on, on this idea of Hickson as a fighter, and we want to know more about it. Because he was, for a lot of us, the first person on the jiu-jitsu Mount Rushmore in terms of like what we saw. And he's... He doesn't put his name on things lightly, so it's it's an interesting task you're taking up. Where can people find more if they need to? Uh, they're listening, Eddie. Sure. So the best thing for them to do would be to follow our social media pages. Uh, so you have Hicks and Gracie Cup on Facebook, and you also have my my other company, Five E Inc. Um, I'm also personally on Facebook, Eddie Five E. Reach out, friend request me. Um, but uh, if you can go to HicksandGracieCup.com, it has all of the info regarding the tournament. And now we just updated our schedule so you can see a schedule of events, how things are going to be happening that weekend. And, uh, you know, we really want people to know that this is an event, a tournament um, that we're organizing to be for the practitioner and for the competitor. Every single thing that we're doing in the back of our head, we're thinking about how somebody's going to take from the experience, how somebody's going to feel, how somebody's going to enjoy it. And that's it. That's the 100 percent most important thing to us and uh me not running my own tournament you know year round or having a tournament organization i'm able to put extra effort into this and i'm able to 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 make it exactly what i want and being a competitor my whole life i've been able to design this in a way to where it was like everything that i ever wanted to happen like my dream of a grappling tournament in terms of the com- competition, in terms of the education, in terms of the experience for the competitor, I've been able to create that, and that's what we're doing. So HicksandGracieCup.com, check it out, and you know, I can't wait to meet everybody there. 
That's so great. And I I think before we close, Kev, I did want to mention this. I know we mentioned uh, Professor Javi Vasquez a couple times, and uh, we wanted to go ahead and mention to you guys, if you are looking on social media, we encourage you to go. I believe there's a GoFundMe. Um, Professor Javi Vasquez uh, has come down with a form of cancer. And uh, we want to make sure if you guys are not up on it, wish him well. If you can contribute to help him out, that would be great. But uh, he was a big part, and I mean a big part of, of showing the demonstration. He was one of the first people to go ahead and volunteer for that. So uh, definitely look that up, you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Eddie Fivey does not disappoint. And if you're ever looking for some fun uh, early, you even fought Ryan Hall once upon a time. I did. Um, Long ago. A, beat him in return to yeah. boardwalk hall which you'd have thought with the namesake you were doomed to fail but no on april 29 2006 you triumphed sir uh ladies and gentlemen it's been our pleasure here at verbal tab eddie fivey thank you guys i appreciate it and uh thanks for having me on here it was an honor Raph, I'm going to be shouting out a lovely surgical team, but mm. Eddie's awesome. Guy's got a serious fight record. When he said I did some MMA, it's like he did a lot of MMA. He was fighting through the early years. And those, I, I'm trying to, I got to go in a YouTube wormhole because he would have been fighting when jujitsu people wouldn't come in with a triangle defense, but they would come in as kickboxers. And he was probably coming in as someone who had done a lot of that. So it's, uh, he was in some stylistic wars. Fascinating guy. I'm excited about. I'm excited about the Hicks and Gracie Cup. I'm already in. You're nice. obligated to be a fan because you've been, you, you know, you learned <laughs> to breathe from Hickson, and I believe one hundred percent him or aren't engaged. You're executed. Again, oh no, I don't think that's the case though. I think that's sure terrible. That's the case. So, uh oh. Yeah. Uh, well, let's do this. I've. I am intrigued to see what it happens in this tournament because I, I think it's good. I mean, again, Kev, I literally just came from running a tournament. I, I'm in that mode of understanding where they may be coming from, even if they're doing something a little different. So, yeah, we're we're going to be watching. We're going to be seeing what the hell's happening over on that side, and uh, let's see what happens, man. I'm stoked, like. <laughs> All the more that you can get in jiu-jitsu, the better. So we're for it. Well, that's uh, we're running down to the end of this. I presume you have a lot. Mine to Dr. Chor and to my amazing surgical team at Kaiser Permanente. There's a lot of people on the list. Anne-Marie, the head of nurse of the operating room. It was just a comforting experience, Raph. Great drugs. They gave me the... Mm. They gave me the good stuff, knocked me out, nice care so far, and Victoria, who had to drive me home and basically do everything for the next 72 hours <laughs> while I uh, cry-laughed my way through the first 48. The the knee surgery really throbbed, but we're through it, through the worst. Shout-out to her, shout-out to the crew, and uh, that's going to do it for me, Raph. I'm going to go swing by the Jubera Jiu-Jitsu crowd, say hi tomorrow. Nice. To see what's going on. Uh, but that's it. Well, I mean, as Kevin alluded to, uh, we got a little bit of time. So 
Let's go ahead and start by thanking. Again, I know I thanked them earlier, but I really want to be very, very clear on thanking all of our volunteers who were amazing, who drove down to San Diego, so many of them, and made that trip because they believe in what we're doing. So uh, you guys, you you help us out so much, and it's phenomenal to see how quickly you pick up on jobs that are above what you beyond what you really need to do. Like a lot of times they volunteer for so much. So to all of our volunteers, thank you. Same to our refs. It's never easy to be a ref. Everybody knows that. We try to make it easier with the sub-only rule set, but you'd be amazed how people will still, you know, have their complaints in that world. Yeah, I would. So there is that. Um, to our refs, thank you very much. To all of, you know, um, USA Wrestling, thank you so much for letting us be a part of your event. It's um, – really fun to sit there and look and see wrestlers or families looking over at what we're doing and being like, what is that? What's going on over there? Yeah, I'll do that. Or I'll have my kid do that. And, uh, I thought that was really cool. We had a lot of people on the spot being like, I want in. So want in. We, were, we were, we were so cool about that. Uh, to our deep waters, invitational competitors. I will say this about you guys. Um, I have a standing rule, which is I just, I don't accept apologies after competition. A lot of you guys, uh, you put your heart out there. All of you guys, actually. But some of you will say things like afterwards by trying to mention, like, I'm sorry, I wasn't me. I didn't give all I can. And I just, I don't accept that. (laughs) If you go out there and you fully put with everything, every fiber of your being, and you, you put yourself out there, it's just not how you compete that day. It's the training that you did. It's the time you took out to interview with me. It's everything that you have done to make yourself available and part of the team. We appreciate that because without you, we don't have a show and that is never lost upon me or the guys or our friends. So thank you very much for giving us your jujitsu and, um, you guys were all a blast to work with. And I'll tell you this much, you guys mean more to me than anybody who's going to say, not fight with their heart or close out divisions or uh, come up with excuses. So many of you who did compete, you are in many ways um, a true essence of, of the type of competitor that speaks to us. So that's where I'm at. Pretty I want to also, yeah. And I, I want to be very clear. Uh, I feel like it's just a little bit of a thing where we start to talk about all of the the nonsense that we get into when we do these tournaments. Um, It's tough. It's difficult. Uh, But when you have a good team that you get to navigate with you, you got your your Joey House, your Eric Medina, your Drew Murillo, your Octavio Villanueva, your Blair Green, your Mike Frosto. Um, Our core USSGL team was so good. And really picked up the slack. And like I said, we had we had some issues that we went at, went into, but the guys were really really cool about it. My thanks to the photographers. The you know we had Kenny Jewel, Blanca, uh, Rosa Garcia, and we also had Amy Kaplan, who are some of the most phenomenal photographers. They they get fantastic shots. You guys have been seeing uh, a number of them, and it's been really really fucking good. So there is really really cool things happening on that side. But I also want to be very clear in saying uh, my sister came down to help us again from our good friends over at, let's see, Kid A Magazine. 
Wow. AKA, uh, I just wanted to go <laughs> and say she she went out of her way to do it, and she's always the most amazingness that happens when uh, we all get together and do uh, amazing things. But it was an especially uh, nice weekend for us that we got to get together and be there because uh, some of you may not know this, but this weekend was really weird because it's the anniversary of my mom's passing. So for me, it kind of sucks. Like you never really celebrate that kind of anniversary, but it happened about eight years ago and there's nothing more special than being with your sister and doing dope shit with your friends and commentating with one of your best friends on a telecast and seeing 16 people who are jujitsu practitioners getting the opportunities to show their art and then the next day giving that opportunity to the people who are doing an open tournament and whether it be white belt to black getting the opportunity to test themselves in a fun setting behind a backdrop outdoors on a very unique place all while working with five of your best friends and doing it is exceptional and there was a very nice moment where uh i think toward the end of that sunday night when you think we're all said and done and we're changing and we're getting all of the uh the things set up for uh the shot for the el rey network and I just got to look over to my sister and we just we smiled because I was on TV. And there's really no better way to spend your Sunday than by having a great weekend with all your friends and doing the type of shit that you want to. So where I really wanted to leave you guys today was this very nice thing of uh, letting you know. You have the opportunities afforded to do. You do what you want. I happen to choose to talk and to do this jujitsu thing. And I feel uh, better having done it and doing it. So it's so great when you guys come up and you say things like, you listen to our show, you're fans, you come to do all of our shit with us. That's amazing. So you can be grateful at so many different times, but... My, I know Kevin and I are super grateful to have you guys uh, tuning in week in and week out with us. So just on behalf of us here at the show and on behalf of the guys over at the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club and the USSGL, thank you guys so much for awesome and all the shit that we got because holy crap, Kev, every person who was sending us notes throughout the weekend was uh, was a fan. Pretty cool. Pretty and that's pretty cool. cool. And I think, my friends... That's going to do it for me. Hey, that'll do it for us tonight here at Verbal Tap. I'm Kevin. Thank you for listening. Good night and good fight. The number you have dialed is not in service at this time.